welcome back to Nightfalls, the bedtime story show of classic and original stories designed to guide you into a calm and peaceful sleep. I'm Jeffrey Newland, and tonight, join me for the tale of four children's surprise discovery of an object on the beach, which sets them on the trail of a great mystery. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors who keep this free content possible. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive, and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls. But without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two taps on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it. And so will I. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. gentle hum of exhilarated voices filled the air and seagulls cawed to one another from up in the sky. The atmosphere was electric and everywhere you went people were happy, relaxed and in good spirits. The August sun was shining as brightly as could be and radiating warmth across the town. On August days like this, the seaside town of Filey became a popular spot for tourists and locals alike, as they all dashed out to make the most of the British sunshine at the beach. It was the start of the summer holidays, and Ricky, Isla, Isaac and Hallie had been having the time of their lives. Every day was full of fun and games, activities, days out, and not an ounce of schoolwork. 
Their sole purpose for six weeks of the summer was to play with their friends and pick out some shiny fresh school shoes ready for the new term. They didn't have a care in the world. Ricky was the leader of their little band of friends. Smart and self-assured, Ricky was a confident young boy of nine. He was popular and friendly to everyone he met, and his peers all looked up to him. Ricky had a younger brother called Tyler, and he took his older brother duties very seriously. He wanted to be as good a role model for Tyler as possible, although it didn't seem to have much of an effect on his little brother. Tyler was quite the mischievous little boy. Ricky often found himself covering up for Tyler's cheeky escapades and putting things right. That was one of the best things about Ricky. He was always very loyal to his friends and family and he always wanted to do the right thing. Isla was a tall nine-year-old. She was taller than everyone else in her class at school, which annoyed her sometimes, but the rest of the time she loved being able to reach the things that nobody else could. She was always the best shooter in her netball club and was always put in the middle for her ballet school dance routines due to her tall stature. There were many perks to being so tall, especially because adults treated her a little bit more grown up than she was. The teachers trusted her and often made her team leader, and her parents entrusted her with a lot of responsibility, so she was able to play out in the street with her friends from a slightly younger age than her older siblings were, much to their annoyance. Aside from that, Isla was a bright, talented girl who seemed to excel at everything she did. She worked hard and was respectful to others, which gained her a lot of respect in return. She was witty and brave, and her friends always came to her for advice. Isaac was eight years old, but desperate to turn nine. Isaac was the youngest child in their school year, with his birthday being at the very end of August. He always felt like he had to wait forever for his birthday to come around. Throughout the school year, he would watch all of his friends get older and attend their birthday parties, desperately waiting for his birthday to catch up with them. But no sooner had he had his birthday than the school year started again, and the kids with September birthdays started raising the bar yet again. Isaac constantly felt like he was playing catch-up. Isaac was a keen swimmer, and this year, for his birthday, he was having a swimming party at the local pool that all his friends were invited to. Ricky, Isla, and Hallie included. It was going to be a blast. Isaac had always been a water baby, and he spent most of his days in the summer down by the beach, swimming in the sea or at the local pool. One day, 
Isaac wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, and he probably would be. He was determined and unafraid of anything. He threw himself into everything with gusto and a smile, and his energy was infectious. He had many friends and had a natural ability to make people laugh and feel good about themselves. And last but not least, there was Hallie. Hallie was the adventurous, thrill-seeker in the group. She was always climbing, running, and jumping everywhere. She loved to play sports and was a member of their school football team. Hallie was one of four children with three older brothers, so she was tougher than she looked. Hallie was small with shoulder-length blonde hair and big blue eyes. She looked as sweet as could be, so upon first glance, Nobody anticipated what a whirlwind she was. As soon as Hallie set her sights on something, she developed a one-track mind and wouldn't stop until she achieved her goal. All four children were very different in personality and interests, but they were all very similar in their positive attitudes, love of adventure, and they were all very kind, generous friends. They made a perfect team. They had spent many days of the summer holidays together so far, and today they were all enjoying the beach. Ricky's parents had brought them all along and allowed them to go off and play while they relaxed on their deck chairs. The four friends had spent the morning swimming in the sea throwing a beach ball between them, eating ice lollies and burying each other's legs beneath the sand. They were having a wonderful time. Now, they were working on building the biggest sandcastle they ever had. Actually, it was less of a sandcastle and more of a sand kingdom. Isaac raced over to the sea to collect as much water as he could to bring back for the moat while the other three worked on perfecting their castles. Do you think Mrs. Willow will be nice? Hallie pondered, thinking about their future school teacher. Every school year, their class received a new teacher who would teach them all of their lessons for the next academic year. Their previous teacher had been Miss Winbrook, and they had adored her. Miss Winbrook was kind and jolly, and her lessons had been exceedingly fun. She was especially good at teaching history and would often dress up in costumes and get the students involved in activities and role-play scenarios to help them better understand what she was teaching. They were all sad to have to leave Miss Winbrook's class, but Mrs. Willer looked perfectly nice too. Isla continued digging sand out of the ground and pouring it into her blue bucket. I'm sure she will be very nice, she assured Hallie. She used to teach my sister and she said that Mrs. Wooler was her favourite teacher. Apparently she has class guinea pigs and sometimes students are allowed to take them home for the weekend. Hallie's eyes lit up with excitement. She would love to look after the guinea pigs for a weekend. 
she would build tunnels and an obstacle course for them in her garden and enjoy watching them run around the makeshift playground all weekend. Ricky patted the top of his upside-down bucket with his plastic spade. Then he very carefully grabbed the sides with both hands and ever so slowly lifted up the bucket, leaving behind a perfectly formed sandcastle. He sighed with relief upon seeing his well-crafted creation and beamed with pride. It was no easy feat making a sturdy sandcastle. Isaac raced back up to the mall with his full bucket of water and asked, Is it ready for the moat yet? Isla held up her finger as a gesture to wait and replied, Almost, we just need to make the castle walls a bit taller, otherwise the water will flood the kingdom. Just like Atlantis, Hallie piped up. Atlantis wasn't flooded, Hallie, Isla retorted, rolling her eyes. Atlantis is an underwater kingdom. Hallie argued back, defiantly. Yes, but it had to be flooded at some point so that it could become an underwater kingdom. Ricky giggled and stood up. He knew better than to get between the girls when they were bickering, so he decided to go off in search of some seashells to decorate their sand kingdom. He walked along the beach, heading towards the cliffside. He walked along the beach picking up shells that caught his eye and placed them in his bucket. He was putting together quite the collection. There were shells of all shapes and sizes, colours, patterns and textures. He might keep some of them to take home and stick on a photo frame, he thought. Ricky rounded the corner of the beach and came into a little cove. He hadn't been this far along the beach before. There was nobody else around. He scanned the sandy ground for signs of shells to add to his collection. As he moved into the far corner of the cove, he noticed something sticking up out of the ground. He moved closer, assuming it was simply a rock. But upon inspection, he realised it was much more than that. Using his spade, Ricky began to dig at the sand around the strange object poking out of the ground. It was buried deep, and the more he scraped away the sand on each side, the more he uncovered the mysterious object. Eventually, he had dug enough to be able to grab the object and wiggle it from its lodged position in the sand. Amazed, he pulled out a treasure chest. Ricky could hardly believe his luck and quickly tucked the treasure chest under his arm and ran back out of the cove and onto the main beach towards his friends. Isla, Isaac, Hallie, look, he cried, dashing across the beach and up to them. Look what I just found. He placed the treasure chest on the ground gently and the friends all gathered round in awe. It's a treasure chest, Isaac exclaimed. Ricky grinned and nodded his head with glee. Isla was astonished. I didn't think treasure chests were real, she admitted, 
running her hand along the top of the treasure chest. Of course they're real, Hallie tutted. Pirates were real, you know. Maybe this is buried treasure. There could be rubies and diamonds here. Hallie tried to lift the lid off the chest, but it was firmly stuck shut. She picked it up and shook it next to her ear. It rattled. There was definitely something inside. The four friends abandoned their sand kingdom and ran across the beach with the treasure chest to find Ricky's parents. They found them sitting in their deck chairs, reading their books. Ricky raced up to his mother and father and showed them what he had found. While his mother didn't seem to be too impressed by their finding, his father was a bit more intrigued. He took the chest from Ricky's hands and inspected it closely. Hmm, he hummed, analysing the mysterious grey box. This does look very interesting. Have you tried opening it? Hallie nodded and explained that she had already tried, but it was locked. A treasure chest without a key. How were they going to find out what was inside? But Ricky's father seemed to have a plan. They all headed back to Ricky's house. The four friends sat at the dining room table with the mysterious treasure chest in the middle, while Ricky's father disappeared for a few minutes. When he returned, he came back carrying two bobby pins. I grabbed these from your mother's dressing table, he whispered to Ricky, sitting himself down at the table and dragging the treasure chest towards him. He began to work on the lock. He stuck both hairpins into the lock and expertly began wriggling them around until he heard a click. The four friends held their breath as Ricky's father pushed the chest back into the centre of the table. Who's going to do the honours of lifting the lid? He asked, looking around at the four children. Hallie automatically leaned forward and reached out for the chest. But Isla patted her hand away and declared, Ricky should open it because he found it. Ricky excitedly reached forward and pulled the chest closer to him. He took a deep breath, placed his hands on either side of the lid and lifted it up. Everyone leant in closer to take a look at the contents of the treasure chest. Wow, Isaac exclaimed breathily. It wasn't quite buried treasure like they had read about in storybooks, but it was treasure of a different kind. The four friends rifled through the contents of the chest and speculated where it all came from. Inside the chest was a golden ring with a large red ruby in the middle, a white pearl necklace, a couple of brooches, an emerald green diamond on a pin, and a couple of small photographs. They were old photographs, perhaps taken at least 50 years ago. Miraculously, it was all dry, protected by the watertight treasure chest so everything was perfectly intact. 
I wonder who all this belongs to? Isaac expressed, marvelling at the ruby ring. Ricky held up the pearl necklace and added, I wonder where the treasure chest came from? He looked to his father and asked, Do you think it could have been buried there for years? His father shrugged his shoulders and replied that he didn't know. The treasure chest could have floated across the sea from a far-off land, for all they knew. Isla inspected the photographs. There was one photo that looked like a family portrait of two parents and a baby girl. And there was a wedding photo of a happy couple, along with a photograph of a teenage girl in a pretty dress pushing a bicycle. These must all belong to the person who buried this treasure chest, she concluded, passing the photos around to her friends. I bet if we find out who the people are in these pictures, then we will find out why the treasure chest was buried. Ricky's father was impressed by Isla's problem-solving skills, but admitted that they may struggle to track down the owners. After all, the photographs looked very old, and the people in the photos might not live around here. But the four friends agreed that they had to try. Ricky's father suggested that they try tracing the mysterious family in the photographs using the town census. So he drove the four intrepid detectives to the local library to begin their search. They asked the librarian if she could run the photographs through the system to see if the images matched up with anyone on record. She scanned the photographs spent about 10 minutes on her computer and returned to them with the answers they required. The photographs had, in fact, pulled up some information on the local census, along with the names and address of the people in the photos. The couple in the images were called Gary and Brenda Lodge, and the baby, who then grew up into the teenager, was called Cicely Lodge, although she was now known as Cicely Parker. Miraculously, Cicely Parker lived in Filey, in a house not too far from the seafront. They would be able to return the treasure chest to its owner, after all. They thanked the librarian, made a note of Cicely's address, and returned home to collect the treasure chest. Do we have to return the treasure? Hallie asked gazing at their amazing discovery morosely. She must not have wanted it if she buried it at the beach. Ricky packed up the chest with all of the items and photographs and held it in his hands firmly. We have to return it, he reasoned. She could have lost it and I'm sure she'll be happy to have her items back. They seem special. Ricky's father patted him on the head, proud of his son's mature decision and led them all back to the car. It had turned into a much more interesting day than he had first anticipated when they headed to the beach that morning. They chugged along in the car for 15 minutes until they pulled up outside a small cottage near the seafront. Smoke billowed up out of the chimney, suggesting that somebody was home. Ricky held the treasure chest tightly and could feel his heart 
pounding against the box. The four friends and Ricky's father walked up to the pale blue front door. Isaac knocked lightly, followed by Ricky's father with a louder, more pronounced rap of his knuckles. They waited. There was a pause, then they heard slow footsteps, followed by the rustling of keys, and then the click of the door as it opened. An elderly woman with white hair and a walking stick opened the door and looked surprised to see so many children on her doorstep. Hello. She greeted them warmly before continuing. And to what do I owe this pleasure of so many friendly faces? Are you selling cookies? Ricky's father smiled and replied, We're sorry to disturb you, Mrs. Parker, but my son and his friends happened across something this morning on the beach that we think might belong to you or your family. Ricky held out the treasure chest in front of him towards Mrs. Parker, and as soon as she saw what it was, she threw her hand to her mouth in surprise, and tears welled up in her eyes. Oh my goodness, she exclaimed wistfully. You must come inside. Let me cut you all a slice of cake. She turned around and headed straight back inside her cottage, and Ricky, Isla, Isaac, Hallie and Ricky's father followed inside. They were all settled down on the two sofas in Mrs. Parker's living room in no time, with a plate of cake in each person's hands. Mrs. Parker had made a lemon cake just that morning, and she was thrilled that she had some visitors to share it with. Isaac gobbled up his slice in a matter of seconds, while Ricky nursed his politely. Isla prodded at the cake with a fork, while Hallie got stuck straight in with her hands. Ricky's father declined a slice of cake, but took a cup of tea instead. Mrs. Parker was very welcoming, and after she had fussed over them all and made sure they were all comfortable, She finally sat herself down in her armchair with the treasure chest on her lap. She scanned through the objects, delighted that they were all still there. She was especially taken in by the photos and couldn't stop smiling every time she looked at them. Ricky was desperate to know why and when Mrs. Parker had put together the treasure chest. So, once he had eaten half of his cake, he finally spoke up to ask. I was somewhat of a dreamer when I was young, Mrs. Parker began, gazing out of the window as if lost in a memory. I was such a romanticist. I was an only child and I was very close to my parents. We were like best friends. We did everything together. One day, when I was sixteen, suddenly became very aware of how lucky I was to have such a loving, close-knit family and, for some crazy reason, I decided that I wanted to make sure that our story lived on forever, that our little family would never be forgotten in years to come. I gathered up some of my mother and grandmother's jewellery, along with my own favourite brooch, and placed them in this chest, along with a few photos. Then, one night, when the moon was shimmering brightly in the sky and the tide was low, 
I wandered out to the seafront and placed the chest in the water. I watched as it floated out to sea and hoped that it would, one day, years from then, be found by someone and they would learn about my family and I. And, in a way, we would forever be immortalised in the memories of those strangers. And it would seem that those strangers are you. Although I didn't expect for the box to find its way back to me exactly. I thought it would have floated across the sea to another country, or perhaps sunk to the bottom of the ocean to be discovered in a thousand years' time by some deep-sea divers. The four children listened to her story and looked at each other with grins on their faces. Mrs. Parker looked so happy and they were all so pleased that the treasure chest had been returned to its rightful owner. Ricky explained to Mrs. Parker how he had found the chest buried in the sand in the hidden cove and she sighed and replied, Well, it would seem that this box of treasured memories did come back for me after all. Maybe the treasure chest had been waiting all these many years for the one person who would appreciate the treasure inside of it most of all, Ricky thought. And, of course, that one person could only be Mrs. Parker, the person whom all of the treasures belonged to in the first place. The four friends sat with Mrs. Parker for a good couple of hours, listening to her tell stories of her youth and they told her all about school and their escapades as friends. They found out all about her parents and her husband, John Parker. It seemed as though Mrs. Parker hadn't reflected on her past in a long time, and she had so many stories to tell. Every single one of them seemed to bring unbridled happiness to her as she recalled them, and the four friends enjoyed chatting with her. As evening drew in, Ricky's father announced that they must all be going, and they all said their sad farewells to Mrs. Parker. They hoped that they would get to see her again soon, and she told them that they were welcome to come around for cake any time. Ricky, Isla, Isaac and Hallie didn't realise how exhausted they were until they sat down in the car on the way home. The gentle motion of the vehicle seemed to have a sedating effect on them all as Ricky's father drove them home. One by one, they started to drift off to sleep. It had been a long, exciting day for them all. The four friends may not have walked away with buried treasure today, but instead they had walked away with something even better. They had returned precious memories to an elderly woman and brought happiness into her day. And you couldn't put a price on that.